Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Creators Exchange. I'm so excited for today's conversation. Hey, Baba. Thank you for tuning in. I'll let you guys load up on here. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Everyone knows her, a pioneer in fashion to say the least. Anifa is the founder of Hanifa, the women's wear brand uh, that has catapulted in this pandemic due to the pink label Congo collection that broke the internet. And I'm so, so hyped to dive into the specifics of how that all went down today with her. So I'll wait for her to load up on here. Oh, you guys are tuning in. Everybody's excited. Yes, let's go, let's go. How's everybody doing? I haven't done live in a little bit, so I'm excited. I got jitters, but I'm hype. Thank you guys for being here. I've been like trying to get Hanifa forever, so I'm so glad she finally made time today. Her new collection is dropping tomorrow, her resort collection. So that's going to be so, so, so exciting to hear the deets of that. Marcellus is on here. Jaleel. Hey, everybody. Gang, gang, gang. <laughs> I love you, too. Amazing, amazing. Um, so if you guys have any questions for Hanifa, just put it in the question box. And we will get to that at some point towards the end of the live. And she should be loading up on here any minute now. Any minute, any minute. Yeah, I decided to throw on a little Hanifa piece myself. Had to represent, had to represent. She's running a little bit behind, so we're just gonna wait for her to load up on here while more people load up. Make sure my light is good. Yeah, so Creative Exchange literally started during the pandemic, a way for me to connect with prolific creatives during this time and see how we continue to like maneuver and continue to just thrive in unpredictable times. And I had to take a break away from it in order to get re-inspired to come back, but now we're back with a bang. And Anifa is here, so I'm going to bring her on in. I'm just like all over the place today. I'm trying to like set up my stuff. No, it's okay. I know you have a lot going on, especially with your launch tomorrow. So thank you for taking time to be here with me. No problem. How are you thriving? How are you feeling? Good. Oh, okay. I thought my ring light just died. I was about to say no. No, the light. <laughs> the light has to be good. Okay. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There she go. <laughs> Thank you for being here. I know we have a limited time, so 
we're going to just dive into it. I'm so excited that you're here. Everybody's excited that you're here. So thank you again. Um, let's start off by, I want to know, like, what does Hanifa mean? What does your name mean? I know your name is Hanifa and the brand is Hanifa. So tell me what it means and how, what the H stands for in Hanifa. Um, so, um, Hanifa actually means true believer in Arabic. And when I was trying to figure out the name for my brand, I was just like, okay, you know, this is going to be a reflection of me and who I am and, you know, my journey and where I, where I come from. So, um, I thought, you know, it was perfect, you know, because at the moment that I did figure out what the name of my brand was going to be is when I actually finally believed in myself when I actually had like that courage to really take the next step to launching um, a company. Yeah. So it means true believer. With that being said, what is what do you think the truth of your existence is, especially with how everything has unfolded with your brand? You know, I, you know, I in 2015, I actually quit my brand because I was in a place where I was just really trying to discover myself and who I was and what my purpose is, you know, who, who am I supposed to be here? I'm also uh, now a believer in Christ and I gave my, my life to the Lord that year and, you know, I was just soul searching, trying to figure it out and just asking the Lord, like, you know, how can I serve you with this, with what I'm doing? I know I have this gift. I know I have this talent, but how does this ser serve you? And a lot of times, you know, growing up in churches or just churches, period, you know, we think the only thing you can do in ministry is being a pastor or, you know, being in the choir, a choir leader or a deacon or whatever. But um, the Lord really showed me that, you know, you can be a creative in the kingdom. You can serve him and be creative because he himself is an artist. You know, he created the world. He created the sky. He created, like, anything you know everything so um i had like that you know revelation and um yeah so i think you know um just knowing that and believing in that and you know it, it it's so fulfilling to know that i'm actually doing what i'm supposed to do and i learned that the lord wants he actually wants me to share my talent with the world and also tell everyone that i have this gift because of him i am who i am because of him so that's why I openly speak about Christ and I talk about these things because, you know, this is my duty as a believer to share with the world and to let everyone know that, yes, you can be a creative and be a believer in Christ. You can be a creative and work for the kingdom. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And be a vessel. And it shows because exactly. literally what's for you is going to be for you. So even if it took up until right now to literally get the acknowledgement, the recognition that you need, you know that it was all a part of the plan and that you had to go through um, the trials and tribulations and feeling, you know, like an outsider in order to now start getting the light shined on you. So it's, it's all a part of the plan at the end of the day. And I love that because I'm yeah. a believer as well. And, you know, um, the kingdom kids always want to come out on top at the end of the day, yeah. you know, no yeah. matter what the journey looks like. But look, I put my Samaria dress on I and styled it like a dress. So is it, so when you have it tied up like that, does it, is it like, let me, can I see the, let me see if I can, looks really cute. so I have it on with some oh, jeans, oh, that's actually really cute, I and I just tied it up around my neck, because I wore it already like a dress, I mean like a skirt, and I posted it, and I was like, I have to wear this different, wow. um, but yeah, it's that cute, looks good, that looks really cute, 
Thank good. you. Thank you. I love this skirt so much. Um, so with, with me wearing my Samaria dress, I want you to explain to people, like, who is the Hanifa woman? Like, oh, my gosh. Who um, is that woman? You know, it's, it's, it's so interesting because I really don't know how to answer this question because I feel like I really, you know, when I started, I started creating clothes for myself and then my friends and things like that. But as the brand has evolved, I'm seeing like so many women, different types of women, all walks of life, different countries, different sizes. And I really feel like, you know, Hanifa is designed for every woman and it's supposed mm -hmm. to make you feel so beautiful and so confident and empowered at the same time. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's the girl that wants to walk into a room and not say a single word and let, you know, you know, you, you allow your clothing to speak for to you. To speak so, for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I really, honestly, I design for all women. I can't. Yeah. And like your designs like are so are like simple yet sexy and sophisticated. And like your designs seem to have been consistent throughout the years, just more refined. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I really love that. So I want to know, like, how did you go about, like, developing your aesthetic um, for Hanifa? Um, I think this is something that I'm still, like, growing into. Um, when I started, I was just kind of dropping different things, um, learning how to sew and just developing new techniques and things like that. It really started when, so I used to, make a lot of like you know stretchy spandex things early on in my career and you know I knew I wanted more for myself but I knew I, I was also very limited so I had to really like talk to myself and say look do you want to stick with the stretchy stuff or do you want to be more like constructed and make well uh, you know really good quality garments um, and so I started teaching myself so I started watching a lot of YouTube videos buying a lot of books going to Joanne Fabrics and just really trying to find what my design, what my design aesthetic um, was at the time. So I think it's something that I'm still developing and um, just learning and growing into because I feel like this world of fashion designer, this industry is something that, you know, I don't think I could ever, I don't think there's a moment in time where I could be like, oh my gosh, I know everything. Yeah. There's always a new technique. There's always a new design. There's always a new print. There's always, you know, there's always so much to learn. So I'm still like, in, you know, the development stages, I guess. Or yeah. And discovering it as you go. Um, because even with the, your last collection, Pink, Con mm -hmm. Pink Label Congo, I yeah. mean, OK, let's just dive into that, because I'm sure everyone just wants to know, like, First of all, that show debuted in May and literally broke the internet. <laughs> so where did your inspiration come from that? Have you been working on the 3D? Um, did that just come out of nowhere? Like, tell us a little bit about that experience. So I was actually, so I, des I was designing Pink Label Congo last year. And um, I was actually, so I've been very interested in like 3D technology for some time. But it honestly uh, wasn't until, like, I want to say at the top of the year, when kind of around the time the pandemic hit, where I was just like, you know, we could either show digitally or we can just continue with our plan to show during Fashion Week in the fall. Um, that was my original plan. But then I was just like, you know, I was watching the T-Pain and um, Lil John versus TV, and I was just like, everyone is online. Everyone is on their phones. Everyone is home. And why not do it now? You know, all the big fashion houses are, 
you know, canceling this and dropping out of fashion weeks and doing things their own own way. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, indie brands have been doing this, you know. Um, so I was just like, you know, screw it. We're just going to do it. We're going to make a plan and we're going to get to it. So um, we started designing the, the clothes digitally and then we started animating the clothing as well. So it was a really tedious process. Um, I, I always tell people about how, like, I'm actually doing some work right now, but how like when you, um, you're draping, well, we actually had to do fittings with the digital model and the garments. So we'll be draping the pieces on the digital model and she starts to walk and then the clothing will fall off uh-huh. because we didn't sew it correctly. So it's like every little detail, every stitching, every button, every zipper. So it was like um, coding. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's, it's a lot of work. And then after that, it's a process called rendering where you actually have to just let your computer pretty much populate the whole thing. And that can take a full day, 24 hours. That can take two days. That can take a few hours. So it really depends. And, you know, it's so many factors um, that, you know, <laughs> that goes into the process. But I'm just incredibly grateful that, you know, the Lord allowed me to experience that and to go through that. And be the first to, like, drop something like that. Like, my favorite part of the whole thing was the fact that the the model, the digital model, was voluptuous and had, like, a, a body that, like, replicated an African woman, you know? Like, she had curves and just all the right places and I was like yes like these are the models more of the models that we need to see model figures that we need to see um it was just beautiful I, honestly I watched it and my mouth was like the entire <laughs> time I'm sure me and everybody else <laughs> yeah once we all got the video it was like it was like that for us too once we like finally put the whole project together it was just like oh my gosh this is so amazing like how long cried. did this process take Honestly, I would say, I would say about five months. Five months for the for the digital aspect, but like the designs I've been designing since last November. But I would say it took about five months. Um, but yeah, and back to you know the the models and the curves. I really wanted, you know, I I went back and forth with my team um, about like, oh, we should use you know the digital model that we've been using. Like people want to see her. I'm just like no. I really want every single woman that's watching this show to envision themselves in the pieces. In the pieces. I I want the main focus to be the garments and the garments alone. And, you know, uh, when I got the feedback, it was amazing to see people like, oh, my gosh, I saw myself on the runway. I can really see myself wearing it. It was just a a full circle moment. And it was just, like, so cool to just see that. Because after the show, it was like, Honestly speaking, you know, it's a pandemic. I'm not really thinking about doing anything groundbreaking. I'm just trying to make, you know, make money, pay my employees, pay my rent, you know, pay my bills. I'm just, we're just working. And, uh, you know, after the first show, it was like a moment of silence for all of us. We were like, just I'm like, getting chills again, just, just thinking about it. We were just like, what just happened? Like, what is going on? It's like retweets and emails, phone calls. I'm just like, oh my gosh. And then like the, the morning after, I just cried the yeah. entire morning. You yeah. know, tears of joy, but it was just like so mind-blowing. Did it feel like finally? I feel, did yes. you feel seen? Like I finally? Did. 
I did because I, you know, this industry is really, it's tough. You have to do so much. You have to jump over so many hurdles and there's just so many doors you have to go through just to get a mention or just have a conversation with someone. And it was good to do it without the industry. I will say yeah. that. That felt really good. And I'm just like, and it was just so groundbreaking. Like I personally, I've been watching your journey from the beginning because you know I'm from Maryland as well, and you know I just I was just remember seeing like the evolution over time, and always just being like, "Yo, like that's dope." Like Hanif was really like thriving, but like <laughs> this show, like I was just so happy that it was a black woman. Like it felt like an underdog finally came on top. You know what I mean? That's and like what, that's what it felt like. That's yeah, what it felt like. That's exactly what it felt like. It was really nice. It was really good to feel, to feel seen and for people to see like, okay, you know, she's been doing this for a long time and, you know, you know, just, and it, you know, it brought so much attention to the brand. People weren't just talking about Pink Label Congo. People was also talking about past collections yeah. and things that I've done in the past. So it was really, really amazing. Have you seen more success post the Black Lives Matter movement since like obviously more people are trying to buy more black now? Yeah. And how has yeah. that been? Um, it's been good. It's been good. Um, that, like, you know, that, it was, uh, it was actually the, immediately the week after when that whole thing happened. So it was a lot of things happening. It was so overwhelming. And for me, with the, you know, people, more people buying black and things like that, I just hope it's not like, you know, a trend. I hope this is something that actually sticks, not just for myself, but for everyone. Um, and, you know, we have to really support each other. You know, it's really important. It's very, very important. And also to like, recycle the dollar within exactly. our own communities as well, because that's where it starts, exactly. you know? Exactly. I feel like a lot of times, and this is just me speaking from a business uh, person's perspective, a lot of times we see a black business, uh, you know, make a mistake and it's just like canceled. Um, you know, I think it's it's time that we actually support each other. You know, I I I have an initiative where I help emerging designers. I mentor people. I teach I teach a class, and it's just I think it's really good that we do more things like that. Just because a lot of people don't know, mm -hmm. I've had my fair share of like bad customer service. That's like a big thing with black businesses. I went through that. I know what that feels like. I canceled. You know. IG pages because the comments were crazy. But yeah. you know, I rose from that and I learned from that and now I just, I, I teach and I share that information with other people. So I think as a you know, as a community as a whole, we have to really support each other. Mm -hmm. Like if you see someone like that's you know, that's going through something, if you're a business owner, just be like, Hey girl, I saw you're going through this, let me give you some tips. You know, I went through the same thing. And I think that's how we're going to be, like, stronger as a unit. Yeah, um, together. Instead of trying to compete, it's about yeah. uplifting one another and bringing people up and letting them know, listen, I can relate. I've been there, too. This is how we can be better, exactly. you know? Exactly. Um, so lately, it just seems like you're checking A-listers off the list <laughs> that have been wearing Hanifa. I mean, Zendaya, Mary J. Oh. Blige. Uh, Tracy Ellis Ross, Beyonce. Oh, <laughs> I literally saw that you tweeted um, earlier this year that this year you would be dressing Beyonce, and it's mm -hmm. finally happened. I know. How, how does that feel? Uh, it just feels crazy because I'm just like, what, Lord? What are you doing? What is <laughs> happening? And I'm just like, it's it's almost like it feels like I'm watching 
myself on like a television like I'm having like an outer body experience (laughs) yes yes I'm literally watching like my my dreams and goals unfold so it's really beautiful it's like I don't even know how to describe it but like outside of Beyonce like Tracy Ellis Ross and like okay she's like style goals right she's like everybody's favorite auntie in their mind you know like style icon like can you describe in one word like the feeling that you felt as soon as you saw that cover? I think I screamed the morning <laughs> I saw it. I was like, oh my gosh. And then I started texting it to like my team and we were all like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It was just like, what? Because it's a surprise. Like you send off your clothes, right? As a mm-hmm. designer, you send mm-hmm. off your clothes, mm-hmm. but you never know what's going to make the cut. Like you never know what's going to actually work. So yeah. I'm sure seeing that was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Zendaya was crazy. Like, I mean, that that was actually our first major like cover moment. So that mm-hmm. was like, I probably I think I I posted it in stories. I bought like maybe a hundred magazines. <laughs> yeah, just because it's just like you know it's such a milestone, a moment for me and the brand and my team. We worked so hard to get here, and it's just it feels so good to finally be here. And when you did design your last collection, like, did you know that the um, backless mini dress, the, what is it called? The Kinshasa? Kinshasa. Kinshasa. Did you know that that was going to be the star of their collection? Because I've seen that um, get more editorial features than anything else. Yeah, I, I knew, I knew that was going to be a strong piece just because I think, you know, it's a great design. You know, I love it. It's one of my favorite ones, but I also think just the meaning behind it also, uh, you know, it stands out more than anything. And, you know, that's like, the, that's my flag. That's yeah. my flag. And, you know, I wanted to make sure I incorporated that in the collection so people could really know what it means and, you know, what our people have been going through and are still going through. So really, has really your, good. Has your heritage always influenced your, your designs and your art? Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, I have, you know, in African culture, there's always like an auntie that sews. Um, uh, when I started sewing, my one of my aunts, she's a very busy seamstress, and she gave me like a really quick lesson. It was like 10, 5, no, it was about 10, 15 minutes on how to like cut a pattern or whatever. And I always think about her because, you know, in African culture, you know, a lot of women, they use like, you know, sewing as a trade to support their families. You know, this is how they feed their kids. They make so many sacrifices. So I always keep that in mind. And I I always think about how like, you know, when I was a kid and I would go to parties and just seeing like all the aunties and the moms dress up in their beautiful attire and how it's so well tailored. So I've always been in love with a well-constructed tailored garment. And you can see that throughout a lot of my collections, my pieces, the detailing, the quality, the fabrics. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that because like outside of um, seeing how tailoring is so strong in your garments, like if you look through your page and the brand's page, like you can, you can tell that you're really into interior design as well. So like, are you inspired by architecture and like, um, like just fine lines and structures? Like I feel like that, that goes hand in hand. Um, it does within it your does. designs. It does. I've just started. I want to say it's been four or five years now where I, I just started getting into it. Um, but I think it does influence a lot of my work. Um, 
recently I went to China last year just to see I'm the kind of person that like if I want to get into something if I want to do something I have to know how it's how it's made and you know the process I got to do my research so I flew out to China last year visited some uh, manufacturers that produce furniture just to see you know see if this is something that I would really want to get involved in and I really love the process and and I saw how it really how it really goes hand in hand with fashion design world well just design period so mm -hmm. yeah that's really cool um so you also have a page concept by am mm -hmm. what's going on with that do you have any plans to like kick that off soon yeah so concepts by am really was supposed to be <laughs> that's the thing about creatives girl you just be like i want to do this, i want to do this <laughs> i want to do that so it was really supposed to embody just like you know my love for interior design and you know my love for helping other designers but so I wasn't expecting this to happen so quickly, but um, the emerging designer side of Concept by AM really took off. So we're so busy that we actually had to like shut down our whole thing just so we can manage what we have going on. So once we get that kind of leveled out, we'll get we'll hop back on and we'll do some launches. Um, I'm also doing like some work for other people behind the scenes as well. So mm -hmm. once things kind of settle in, I'll I'll share that with everyone. But what? Okay, so you don't want to talk about it yet. <laughs> Someone said I see y'all with the trees in the background. Oh, the plant life, <laughs> birds of paradise life. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite plant. Um, so can you break down like your creative process for us? I know that your new collection is dropping tomorrow. Yeah. Um, your resort collection so maybe give us a little insider on that tell us like what your creative process is and like what's your favorite part of that process um so I typically so I love um sourcing my fabrics first because I, I I feel like I'm able to really see how it falls on the body I can envision like the print or the color um but lately um it's been like digitally on the computer so I'll sketch it first on my iPad and then I'll go into my computer and then just start draping and creating the garment there. Um, and then we start our sampling process and then we do our tweaks and then we plan our shoots and then we just get to work. Yeah. So with this great. next collection, what can we expect? Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I'm so excited about this one because originally it was supposed to be swim, but I wanted it to be kind of season seasonless so um the theme of this whole collection is um vacation where you are considering the fact that we're all in a pandemic it's, i thought it was really important for people to just put on these garments and feel like they're actually on a beach or on an island i wanted these pieces to kind of bring that vibe to wherever you're at so um yeah, because we're seeing a lot of people like on vacation, we're seeing a lot of people doing staycation. So um, that's the story that we have um, around this collection. And I can't wait to share that with everyone. So the we silhouettes, I, I assume the silhouettes will be like loose draping, just comfortable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, there's some great swim pieces. Um, that's all I'm saying. That's all. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll wait. We'll wait for tomorrow. Yeah, you'll see it tomorrow. We'll wait for tomorrow. In the beginning of your design career, um, I remember you saying that you were literally sewing everything from scratch. Mm -hmm. So, 
you did that for a few years leading up to the point of you finally getting a manufacturer probably like what two years ago i believe mm -hmm. um can you talk about like the struggles and maybe the successes of that transition yeah it was oh my gosh i can't even look at my sewing machine today it's like packed up tucked away i used to sew so much like i used to live and breathe this i used to love it i was so passionate about sewing and then when it turned into doing like 50 orders a week to 100 orders a week, it was just like, yo, I can't do this. Yeah. It was so much. Like I was so, sometimes I wouldn't sleep. I, I, would, I wouldn't eat. I gained like 30 pounds over the years. It was just a mess. I missed birthdays, weddings, events, like lost friends along the way because I was just always freaking sewing. And uh, with that, you know, if you're sewing, 12 hours a day you're overlooking things you're missing threads and you know you're overlooking the quality so it actually started to affect my business and i just had to make the conscious decision back in 2018 to just completely stop sewing if i wanted hanifa to grow um and when i did it was the best decision i've ever made honestly I can so imagine. I made that decision soared literally yeah like um, it, it allowed for you to like just be the creative and not have to exactly. just worry about it coming to life Exactly. And I, you know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for, you know, my, my time with sewing. I think I've learned so much. Um, I'm still learning stuff, but you know, I, like I said, I'm the kind of person that when I'm doing something or when I get involved in anything, I have to know mm -hmm. what it is, the ins and outs of everything. So, yeah. That's pretty cool. And like, how did you go about finding your manufacturer? I hear like, that's always the most difficult part, the uh, finding a good one, you know? Yeah, it's a trial and error process. I actually, um, one of my fabric suppliers in New York recommended a really great person. And it, it happened, honestly, it happened really fast for me. I'm grateful for that. And um, it was like a transition, but it worked out. But I always recommend um, a website called, um, what is it, Makers Row. And they have almost every single manufacturer on there. And I always tell, like, my mentees and my, my students, like, you know, you're not, you're probably not going to love your first manufacturer. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. You know, you have to build a relationship with people. So it's, you know, you just have to take your time, you know, test the quality, test the waters, ask the right questions, um, and make sure you're getting really good quality. Really good quality. Yeah, that's important. Um, yeah. So when you've made your first million dollars in sales, woo, woo, I mean, I'm sure <laughs> the, the brand has definitely made that. So when you made your first million dollars in sales, like, how was that feeling for you? Did you feel like you finally catapulted into the next level? Were you, like, in a whole new bracket now? Like, how did that – tell me about that. How did you feel? It felt really good. At that moment, I was just like, wow, you're really, like, this is actually, like, a company. Like, you're really doing this. Um, and I tell people this all the time, Nicole now, like she, she, um, I think this was last year. She started a new business. It was like six months in and she was like, whoop, million dollars. I was like, how that is crazy. And I was just like, wow, it inspired me so much. And I was just like, you know, I've been doing this for eight years. You know, I, I, I need to get serious. I need to, you know, make sure I have an accountant, make sure I have someone advising me make sure I'm setting my goals, make sure that I have a good team, you know, so many different things. And when I saw that, I mean, after that, it was like go time for us. Go. Like, it, it inspired was, you to like, 
Yeah, and then I was like, 2019, I'm making my, my first million dollars in sales before the end of the year. And we did it. Um, it took us about 11 months to do that. So incredibly grateful for that. That was amazing. And, you know, just, you know, we couldn't have done it without the support of all of, you know, all the people that support us, all the people that have been shopping with us with us for years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was really cool. Very, very cool. And due to all the success, you even you have a really strong PR team now. So you're signed to Hinton Group. Yeah. How is yeah. it working with Nate? Honestly, Nate is amazing. Like, he is amazing. And just, you know, we our first conversation, we clicked. And he just really understands my brand, my vision. He knows what I want. And I think that's important when you have a, a PR team because they have to know what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to know how to speak to people on your behalf. And they do a really great job at that. Um, they have connected us with a, a, a lot of uh, really great people. Um, and as you can see, ever since we signed with them, it's been a lot of great things that has been coming out of that in the press. So it's been really good working with Yeah, them. yeah. I was just going to ask you, like, how has he served it? Like, how has you served your brand and what have you accomplished? But literally, you, the press has just kept yeah. on coming, you know? Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's the Hinton group. That's the <laughs> Is there a specific publication or something that you want um, that you want to accomplish that you haven't accomplished yet with your brand? Honestly, I feel like we've been, and this is not even to just sound cocky or anything like that. That's the last thing. But like, I feel like every single publication I would want to be in, you've already been. We've been mentioned in this year. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, where do we go from here? So, it's a blessing. Yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. How do you find balance between all of this and, like, self-awareness? I've been – I love working. I love what I do. So it's hard to really separate the two sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just uh, set a time. Like, you know, I work from 9 to 7. And after 7, I turn off my computer I go watch a movie, I go for a walk, I go to dinner, I call my friends. Um, just making sure that I'm making I'm making time for myself just so I don't get burnt out. Um, you know, just everything, like going to the spa or, you know, yes. going to the doctors, making sure that you're healthy. So just making sure that I'm paying attention to those things now because I definitely wasn't doing that before. Are you learning any new things about yourself mm-hmm. during these times? Um, I think I'm learning that I'm, I think I'm actually seeing that you can really accomplish whatever you want if you put your mind to it. Because the 3D thing on, even thinking about it, talking about it now, I'm still like, how? How did that happen? (laughs) Like how? Like I just started reading one night and I just started like Googling and it was just like a rabbit hole. Next thing I knew I was doing full blown editorials on the computer. And I'm just like, how? Like, it's just like, you know, we really are like our, our, our own enemies and we really have to like, if we really want to do something, honestly, you could do it. I know it sounds really cliche, but if you really no, want to bad enough, you can do it. You can it's true. Do it. You literally it. have to become obsessed with whatever you want to do in order to like see it to like. Like you have yeah. to become obsessed. So even yeah. when you said you lost friends along the way and you missed all these things, and it's just like 
if your friends don't understand that, if they don't support what it is that you're doing, then it wasn't meant for them to stay anyway, you know? So that obsession is what is going to like, you know, bring it to life. And even if you're not like a big researcher or like analyst or whatever, if you're, if all you can do is think about something, it's going to make you want to do everything in your power to like figure out how to make it happen, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and you're only kinda, as good and as strong as your team. So shout out to your that team. That is another one. That's another. That's a big one. That's a really big one. I couldn't have done any of this without my team. Like we were on it, sleepless nights, like talking every freaking second of the day. We worked up until the very last second of um, the show. Like it was like I think we were actually an hour and a half late because we were having technical difficulties. But yeah, they they worked really hard to to make sure we got that out. Has your team been like the same from the beginning or has it constantly evolved oh, along it, with the brand? Girl, that, that evolves. <laughs> that changes. You know, everyone has like, you know, their own aspirations and things that they want to do. So naturally, you know, people outgrow things. So, you know, I'm not mad at anyone. You know, I'm all about growth and supporting everyone. So, yeah, it's just how it goes when you have a business. People come and they go. Well, what do you look for? What's important to look for in, like, strong team members to help you build your empire? Girl, work ethic. Yeah. Your work ethic sucks. I'm sorry. It's not going to work for me. You know, a lot of people think being a fashion designer or working for a certain brand, you know, it's just, like, photo shoots all day. No. And it's not. We <laughs> it's have not emails. We have packaging we have schedules it's just like so much stuff that people don't really understand um you know and i think work ethic is like my biggest thing like that's the biggest thing and just making sure that everyone that's on your team understands your vision because you don't want someone working for you who you know they have their own perception of how this brand is supposed to be and how we're supposed to operate like you know you have to make sure that's clear that's major key, I think. Yeah. Making sure that your team members understand what it is you you see with your brand, where you're trying to go with it, and maybe give them even something to look forward to as well versus just working, mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. They have to see exactly. themselves in the vision as well to want to put exactly. their all into it. Yeah, that's a, exactly. that's a really good one. How do you um, – go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just, I was just literally – Agreeing. <laughs> so, like, when you do – so, I'm sure – like you have the collection coming out tomorrow when it comes to like designing your collections and bringing everything together how do you deal with like stress and anxiety um <laughs> in these times girl please share the secret <laughs> stress and anxiety honestly oh my gosh i sleep <laughs> you sleep you just sleep away <laughs> i go to sleep i mean when Every launch, every drop, I'm always, like, anxious and nervous. You know, it's, it's, it's a part of the process. So for me, honestly, when I'm stressed, I go for a walk, I go for a drive, or I go to sleep. Yeah. yeah. But then you get back and you have to deal with it. So you're like, okay. Yeah. So, I, I mean, after that, I'm, I, I feel a lot better. Or, and sometimes I pray, too. So it's like, after that, I'm good. Yeah. Especially after I pray. After that, I'm good. I'm always good. When and when and like where do you feel your happiest? <sighs> That's a good question. When do I feel the happiest? I'm gonna get back to you on that. Yeah. Because there's a lot I have a lot of I have a lot of 
different really happy moments so I have to pinpoint one do you have like an escape mechanism or like do you daydream a lot like I do I do I'm a daydreamer from lately it's been like the 3d thing like I'm obsessed y'all like I'm I mean we're obsessed, obsessed. Too. <laughs> I'm obsessed with this 3d thing you can't even get me off the computer some days like I love it so much so sometimes I'm on there just doing random stuff I'm not even doing anything Hanifa related I'm just creating mm -hmm. and it's just it, it it reminds me of the time where I started sewing where I wasn't really getting orders it was just something that was new and I was just so infatuated with it and that's how it is with the 3d thing so I'm really hoping some you know really amazing things come out of this beyond and like moving forward, is this 3D thing going to be like the, is that going to be like what your brand delivers? Like we not seeing models no more. We just need to expect to see 3D. I mean, I think it works. No, though. no, no. We're, we're definitely going to see more models. Um, I think because I've loved this tech, tech world for so long, it's, I think it's cool that I've been able to kind of make it work for me, fashion and technology. But you're going to see half and half. I'm still yep. going to work with models. I'm, I'm still going to work with my digital models. Um, and yeah, you guys are going to see more 3D stuff, but you're also going to see more like human connection as well and just working with people. Because we, we do miss that. I think a lot of people can say that we miss being out and working and doing our photo shoots and traveling without, you know, the masks and all these different things that we have to deal with now. deal with now. But yeah. Can you do more of your, like, day in the life with Hanifa? Like, we love seeing, like, what really know. goes on and you in action. Because we don't see a lot of you, you know? I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm really learning how to be in front of the camera. It's hard for me. I'm the behind-the-scenes girl. Even doing lives, it's just, like, I'm, I feel so awkward. I'm just, <laughs> I'm not this girl. I'm just, I don't know. But I'm learning. And we got really good feedback from um, the day in the life. So I think someone from my team is on here. Mm -hmm. I hope you heard that, Rod. Yes, we need more of the day <laughs> in the life of Nipahs because we need to see what goes down, how you run your ship. You know, we're just we're just all inspired, and we want to see how you can continue to like make this happen. Um, yeah. So I, I I did I did like that too. So we'll see. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll probably have more of that coming up soon. We have a question from one of our viewers that says, what advice do you have for anyone planning a digital virtual live event? Um, I would suggest making sure you have all your logistics lined out. Um, do it like, like kind of plan it out and, you know, redo runs as much as you can because when we had our show, whew, it was like, crazy I actually thought it wasn't gonna happen because we, our technical difficulties were like beyond us at one point um, but we were able to figure it out so just make sure you have a really strong logistics plan um, make sure all the technical uh, things are taken care of and I think you should be fine yeah having it all planned out running it over and over and over making sure there's no glitches and don't rush the process letting it happen when it's supposed yeah. to happen um so what do you think your superpower is hmm. i think i don't know i think it's my vision i think i see things differently and i really think it's a gift that the lord gave me um 
because there are certain things that I see in, that I do what that I see and then do mm-hmm. and I'm just like how how did I see it like how did that happen yeah. you know what I mean and I think in in your words I think it is a superpower honestly because I'm just like some some things that I see and some things that I dream of I'm just like is this normal? <laughs> yeah. And when you explain it to your team, do they all do they like, girl, you crazy? Or they're like, no, let's do it. Like <laughs> sometimes. So that's why I love the digital world. And, and I, I, I got into graphics and Photoshop and things like that, because I'm able to put what I'm seeing in my mind on something. So mm-hmm. I can actually share it with my team because I could even sketch something. And I'm like, girl, what is that? Like, yeah. What is it? <laughs> yeah. So now I'm able to kind of bring things to life and share it with them. And then they see the vision. And, you know, we're all like really cool creative so we just come together and make something beautiful that's awesome okay the questions are rolling in let's do a few uh okay. we have a couple minutes one is hi hanifa what advice do you have for fabric sourcing when doing your very first collection um i would with fabric sourcing i would suggest really if you understand fabrics, think about like which one you want to start with and then just kind of go from there because I think when you build a collection, a lot of things change, at least for me, I change stuff all the time. Um, so just really understanding what, if you decide on, let's say, I don't know, cotton, really understanding cotton and, and you know, its properties and how it falls in the body and can you dye the fabric and, you know, that would allow you to create even more. So I think just really understanding your fabrics and knowing what you want. Um, Early on when I started sewing, I would go to Joanne Fabrics and honestly just walk. Just touch or feel. For hours. I would be there for hours just touching, feeling, putting it over my body, draping, just doing things like that. I've learned so much about fabric. Like I learned so much about textiles from just doing things like that and um, yeah, go out and, and try that and see if that works for you. Do you think it's necessary to go to like fashion school or take a textiles class or can simply walking into fabric stores just and asking um, questions? Work? I think but it depends on how quickly you can learn things. I do think a textile class would be great. I wish I took a textile class, but fashion school, I think it just depends on where you are and what you know and what you're willing to learn. Yeah. Um, Cause I didn't go to fashion school, so I don't know. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah. I was anyone that. in your family um, a designer or a seamstress or anything like that? Besides your one aunt, or it's crazy. My grandmother on my mom's side was a seamstress, and she was like, she African parents have this thing about forcing their kids to do things they don't want to do. Yeah. But she was trying to make. <laughs> I my think that's mom all. Go to yeah. <laughs> She was trying to make my mom go to like a fashion fashion design school. My mom didn't want to do it. She was like, I did not want to do that. And it's so crazy how like I'm now the one that's doing it. Um, You're living yeah, that my, dream my, for her. Yeah. Uh, so my grandmother, she was a seamstress. Oh, nice. That's dope. I was like, it has to be in your background somewhere. Um, someone says, what is it like? at the start up of your brand what was it like at the startup of your brand i guess how did how was it to start up your brand yeah it was um i didn't have a blueprint so i i went into this thing like pretty much winging it um didn't know what i was doing so it was i think 
in the beginning, it was difficult just really trying to understand certain things. You know, it's one thing to be a creative, but you also have to understand that you're, you're, you have a business. So mm -hmm. differentiating the two and kind of separating the two was really hard for me in the beginning. Um, but yeah, it's, I think, man, you have to get a mentor or someone or some book that you're reading on, um, really trying to understand like how, you know, business works. Did you have really a mentor hard. starting out? I didn't. I yeah. did not. I, I tried to find one. It was just like, you know, that thing when you're reaching out to people and no one responds to you, no one gets back to you. So I went through a lot of things like that early on. And um, I just was like, you know what, I'm going to just figure this out. Now. Yeah. So someone says, being from the DMV, fellow DMV in the house. Woo! Someone says, would you say growing up in this area impacted your style and aesthetic? If so, how? Um, I think I got my, honestly, I think I got my style aesthetic from my mom. But I will say um, growing up and just having my business here has helped me so much because I thought, you know, I thought New York was a place to be. You know, mm -hmm. I had to be in New York to be successful. Um, but I think if I lived in New York, I wouldn't be where I am today because I'll be so caught up on paying my rent. I know, <laughs> such a struggle living there. The rent is so ridiculous and then, you know, getting caught up in the scene. So the DMV allowed me to really be focused um, and just focus on my work and, you know, tune out all the noise and stuff. So I'm so grateful for being from here. I know. And still here. being able to thrive it. because a lot of people think yeah. like as a creative in the DMV, especially getting to the heights that you've seen, like sometimes is pretty hard to, to get because people get overshadowed or overlooked because, um, you know, it's a small area, but there's a lot of talent that comes out of the DMV. Oh, my know? gosh. There's so much. So, so much, much talent. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, social media was, Instagram was a big tool. I mean, it's free and, you know, you can reach so many people. So early on, I realized that um, when the algorithm was different back then, if, if Amira likes my picture, then her followers will possibly see it. And if they like it, and then their followers. Yeah. So I, I, I started to understand how that worked, and I was just like, okay, so that means my visuals need to be bombed because before a customer actually sees a physical product, they're gonna see my pictures first. So right. I was like, okay, cool. So I'm gonna learn Photoshop. I'm gonna learn graphics. I'm gonna learn how to take pictures. I'm gonna learn all this stuff and really invest in my visuals, and that's what I did. So I really built my brand on on Instagram. Like Instagram yeah. has been a big part of Hanifa. Like, I, we wouldn't be here without Instagram. Yeah. So just make sure make sure that you're utilizing that and, and, and taking advantage of it while it's still here. Yeah, it's an amazing marketing tool. But also, if Instagram were to shut off today, make sure you still have at least a website that's functioning, yeah. that works. Subscribers, yep. all that stuff. Everything, yeah. all that matters. Um, someone said... So I guess you just answered that. How do you scale your business? Like from a small business, how do you scale? I guess that means investing in your visuals and what marketing, marketing. Yeah. Visuals and marketing. Major key. Also, okay. Managing your, your finances too. Oh, talk about that. Cause we don't really like, we got to figure that out. There's no, no I, I don't, my background is not financial <laughs> at all. 
So that was something I had to learn the hard, hard way as well. And, you know, it's a, it's a conversation that a lot of black families, I would say, don't really talk about. Um, and it was, it was a struggle for me. Like, yeah. you know, I, 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 I struggle with that, honestly speaking. And I had to learn quickly that my business will not stand with my bad, you know, my poor, um, financial. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was bad. So, you know, I hired someone that was able to advise me and help me um, understand it a lot better. And it changed for me. It changed mm -hmm. drastically. So just understanding that too would make a, huge difference and with um putting out clothes do you think that pre-order or full and like just getting inventory what do you think works best especially during the pandemic i think pre-order works best pre-order um, yeah yeah i do especially for new designers i tell them this all the time like just do a pre-order um make sure you know your production times make sure you know your lead times and just be honest with your customers. You know, things. I know things happen a lot of times with pre-orders too. You know, it might be a delay or whatever. But just make sure that you're keeping constant communication with your customers and just letting them know everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, but I would highly, highly suggest doing a pre-order just because, you know, even brands like, you know, like myself, there are times where we have a lot of inventory and we don't even know. You know, we have to come up with a plan to, you know, sell Get it off, yeah. Yeah, so it's like it's it, it still happens to brands, you know. It's even no matter you know it doesn't matter what level you're at. So starting out, I can't even imagine having inventory. Like it would just be like a nightmare. Especially if it's just sitting there, you know. Yeah, yeah. That so can get I, really stressful I, really fast. Yeah, I would highly recommend the pre-order. Um. Okay. Oh my God. So many questions. We're gonna just do two more or <laughs> one more because we have like literally five minutes left um let's see which one makes sense to ask when someone pulls from your, okay when someone pulls from your brand what are some of the requirements or things you look for from a stylist um when someone pulls i think so now we so now the my pr team does this but they just you have to make sure that it they the person that they're pulling for kind of aligns with your brand i feel like um and just make sure, just make sure that you're also <laughs> gonna get your stuff back. Um, making sure that you have an agreement in place. Um, that's something that we do now too. Um, but I think it's really important. I think the key thing here is making sure that this person align, aligns with your brand. With your brand, because yeah. I, I think with the pool thing, it's just like you know, of course you want to help out. You want to help out a stylist, and you also want to gain something. So what do you want to gain from the pool? at the end of the day. So that's the question that you should ask yourself as a brand. That's good, Nifa. That's good. That's really good. Um, what do you, as we wrap this up, I just want to know, like, what are you most grateful for? I am most grateful for my health and my family. Yeah. Your family is super supportive. Yeah, very supportive. They're proud of you. Always, <laughs> always there. Every step of the way. That's good. That's good to have family, family support. Do you have any advice that you would tell your younger self? I will tell my younger self, don't rush. Because, you know, early on, I was just, I had the season where I just thought like I had to rush and I had to do this and do that. And, you know, God had it waiting for me. He's, he's always had it there yeah. for me. So 
just don't rush. Take your time. What's yours is always going to be yours. And that's real. That's that's actually a real thing. Yeah. So do you still feel like an outsider in the industry now? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to figure out how I feel about that now. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think I, I don't know. I don't know. Am I even, am I in it? Yeah, you, know, you definitely know. are in it. I think you've just <laughs> created, you've created your own lane. You know what I mean? Like there's no other brand like yours, not necessarily how your garments look, but how you run your shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I yeah. think a lot of designers are inspired by that. So you're definitely in the industry, okay? You're not an, okay. you're not an outsider. <laughs> you created your own lane and I think and I think that's what sets you apart. So eyes are watching you for sure. And Ooh, the pressure. Ooh. Girl, the, the pressure. pressure. I mean, listen, you, you hit us with a 3D show. Now you gotta keep <laughs> you gotta keep on, you know what I'm saying, going up with it. But yeah. I'm sure I can't expect to see anything less come from this. And I personally am so proud to see the evolution of Hanifa and congratulations on so everything. Thank you um, so much. I wish you much continued success. And, you know, I'm sure I'll see you sometime soon. Yeah. I just yeah, want to thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you. Thank you. I've been seeing you too, and you're doing an amazing job. Thank I'm you. I'm also so proud of you, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what you are going to do next. Do yeah. you have anything come up? Let me ask you. Yeah. <laughs> this is about you. No, but I do. I do have, um, I do have, you know, some things coming up, and I've also found my lane within uh, speaking, hosting, whatever you call this. I really love just connecting with people and, and um, you know, being on the camera and still styling. I do have merch coming out really soon. So anyways, it's not about me, it's about you. But <laughs> stay yeah, tuned for all the greatness that's coming out. Um, yeah, oh, someone says, please take Amir's online course. Yes, I did put out a styling course for emerging creatives Ooh. and stylists during the pandemic. Right now it's being revamped and it's going to be relaunched this fall. So stay tuned for that. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I think that's So it's all about giving back the information that you learn, right? Not just keeping yeah. it. You have to like, even if I don't know it all, I know enough to be able to teach others, right? So just being able to share that and um, yeah. Yeah, Thank that's you amazing. so much. Congrats. This was so fun. I'm so happy you came I know. On. I know, me too, me too. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. I look forward to the resort collection, and I will see you soon. All right, see you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye, Anifa. Bye. Bye. All right, she's left. We literally have a minute left. Thank you, everybody, for coming on to Creatives Exchange. It feels so good to be back, and I'm so happy that uh, I was able to come back with a bang and share time and share light with Anifa. This was amazing. I appreciate all the positivity going on in the comments and all the love and support and the engagement. You guys are amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And stay tuned for more to come. I love you guys. Thank you. Bye, everybody.